Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. In today's episode called Good Debt, Bad Debt, we're going to expand on the idea of managing debt beyond your mortgage and talk a little bit about why debt is unavoidable, you know, how to help manage uh, the level of debt that you build up over your lifetime, and then more importantly, uh, how to focus on reducing debt if you do find yourself in a tough position. So I'm going to start with a, a real-life client example that may not be uncommon for a lot of our listeners. Um, and I'm going to just share with you a little bit about what their current debt positions look like, uh, and then kind of use that as a basis for some of our discussion today. So this client has a mortgage of about $300,000 that they're paying $2,000 a month. They have some residual student loans of about $10,000. They carry about $3,000 in a revolving credit card debt. Uh, They have a home energy loan that they took uh, through Massachusetts for $5,000. They have some debts out on their cars totaling about $22,000. They have $20,000 out on a home equity line of credit. They are carrying a $4,000 debt to Jordan's Furniture for some new furniture. And they have a $420 Best Buy credit card balance. All told, they're making payments each month of about $3,100 a month. And they live comfortably. They are not overly stressed, um, but they do feel like uh, you know, too much money is going to paying back debts. If you're listening to this and saying, God, that sounds a lot like me, uh, we're going to talk about kind of how we get there, um, how you could teach your future self uh, not to get into this position, and then how do you kind of start to unwind or get yourself back on a, a better playing field. So let's start with, uh, you know, why debt is unavoidable. Um, if your parents, as you were growing up, ever said, don't touch that, or whatever you do, don't go into that room. What's the first thing that most kids do, and even adults do? They go in the room, or they touch the item, or they play with the thing they weren't supposed to touch. So if we preach to our kids, and if uh, your parents preach to you, don't have debt, debt's terrible, stay away from debt, the first thing that most college kids do is they go get credit cards, and they you know take whatever debt they can, Um, just so they have some extra spending money to see how it works. So the idea of uh, abstaining from debt is really not a, 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 a feasible strategy for the long term. The other reason kind of avoiding debt is, is not an option or not a great strategy is if you are smart enough to avoid debt all through college and you don't take any of those credit cards that come with a free t-shirt or a free uh, bobblehead um, and you leave college debt-free um, and you were fortunate enough maybe not to have any student loans, you're now 25 in the working force and you go to try to buy a car and you get declined and you can't understand why you can't get a loan on your car. And essentially it's because you have no credit history. You've never owed anybody money. You have no history of paying people back. Um, And when you were in college, your parents were kind of a co-signer or kind of a backup strategy. 
Now creditors assume that if you're 25 and out in the workforce, you're on your own. So if you can't make the payments, you're going to you're going to default on that loan. So it's important to build up a credit history and doing it as effectively as possible while in your earlier years of savings and growing. So now uh, you understand that debt is important and something that probably needs to be part of anyone's overall financial plan. Now let's talk a little bit about how you can avoid getting into a, a bad debt situation. And just some quick education on the idea of good debts and bad debts. Uh, Good debts are debts that you know usually have a lower interest payment, uh, have some form of tax advantage, or are buying something that is important to your long-term financial success that you can't uh, wait to save for. For example, if you waited to buy a house in cash, uh, most people it might take their entire life to save three hundred thousand dollars to be able to buy that house in cash. So, using uh, debt to buy a home is a good debt. Uh, and using debt possibly to improve that home or add value to that home would be considered a good debt. Um, a bad debt would be something that is either maybe a depreciating asset or is buying something that you don't really need uh, and or something that might have an extremely high interest rate on it. So you're getting ready to watch the Super Bowl and you want a brand new TV to make it look really nice and you don't have $2,000 lying around to buy a new TV. So you go to Best Buy and they're offering 0% for three months and you get this brand new TV. And then you hit kind of the June time and you start seeing your uh, interest on that Best Buy credit card is now 19 and 22%. uh, And it looks like it's going to take you 11 years to pay off that TV. Um, That would be a bad debt. Um, Things that are just with too much money going towards interest or something that you didn't necessarily need but you wanted um, but you didn't have the cash in the bank at the time. So how can you uh, avoid getting into bad debt situations? You know, essentially delayed gratification is not something that humans are great at. Um, But these are uh, purchases that you probably should start to save ahead of time so you can buy in cash. So if you want that new TV, you know, start putting $100 a month aside into an account that you're going to use to buy the TV. You know, other large purchases that I would consider trying to buy in cash as opposed to financing would be things like furnishings. Uh, so avoiding those Jordan's furniture uh, or Macy's gift cards, um, appliances for the home or the kitchen, um, you know, large clothing purchases or accessories, uh, jewelry, um, you know, things that ideally you'd want to pay off at the time of purchase. And then vacations. You know, and this could be one that, you know, a trip to Disney might be a $15,000 expense for a family of four or five. Uh, you want to make sure you're not paying for that Disney vacation for the next five years um, because you'd like to probably take another one at some point. As far as items that I would say are good debts or things that I would expect most clients to be financing, you know, automobile purchases. Uh, they're large ticket items with usually very low interest rates. Uh, you know, even though cars are depreciating, it's usually something you have to be able to finance. Um, college education. Uh, you know, you're not going to pay off college in four years. So getting comfortable with the idea of maybe you know, having a college payment plan that might take 10 years and using debt to do that is, is acceptable. Uh, large-scale home improvements. So if you're going to make a twenty dollars or $30,000 addition or something that's going to add a value to the home, um, using an equity line or some form of second mortgage is a, sometimes a more effective way to do it than having to save for 10 years to do that home renovation. Things that are kind of murkier in the middle uh, would be uh, you know, using a home equity loan to buy a car um, because uh, the car is something you might need, but the equity line, the payment might be 10, 15 years 
versus the car's lifespan might be five or six. So if you're using good debt to buy things that are you're not going to pay off fast enough, um, sometimes it can get tricky. The other thing with good debt, you know, say I say, well, we have to go finance a car. Um, if I'm going to buy a $30,000 car, the payment might be $300 a month. If I'm going to buy a $40,000 car, the payment might only be $360 a month. So I could I could afford that extra 60 bucks a month, um, but that extra $10,000 is debt that will eventually have to be paid. So sometimes good debt can turn into bad debt when you you know, overspend for uh, essentials. So let's return back to our client scenario. You know, if you're a listener who uh, didn't get this education right out of college and has already made some uh, decisions that have led to a, an, a, you know an abundance of debt on your balance sheet, you know what we want to do is help you figure out the most effective way to get yourself out of that. And one of the first exercises I encourage clients to do is understand where all your debts are. Um, so you basically take out a spreadsheet or take out a piece of paper and you kind of label all of the things that you owe money to, how much you owe them, um, what the interest rate you're paying on that debt is, how much the minimum payment is, and then how much you're actually paying it. And the reason why we go through this exercise is I'll talk to clients about their debts and say, okay, well tell me how you're paying them off. And they have, I mentioned that $420 Best Buy credit card has about, they only have to pay $20 a month. So they're paying the $20 a month because it's just a small debt. But they have the, um, the car loan that has a $22,000 balance, which they have to pay $470 a month for, but the interest rate is only 2.9%. But they're sending the, the car loan $600 a month because they want to get rid of that big debt. And a lot of times people get skewed uh, you know, by you know, the size of the amount they owe or the payment they're making, and that's going to dictate which one they pay first. But what they fail to understand is that that Best Buy credit card is charging them 22% interest. So of the $20 they're paying, maybe only $4 is going towards the, the TV they purchased. The other $16 is just going to Best Buy in the form of interest. So they would be better off trying to pay down high interest debt first um, once that payment is freed up, then applying that to the, the other lower interest debts. We also see this a lot with student loans. You know, by the time you get to 30, 33, if you're still paying down student loans, you're kind of frustrated, so you just want to get rid of them. But the fact is sometimes those are fixed interest rates of 3 to 4%, and they're really great debts to just pay off on schedule and invest the money either in reducing another debt or saving that for your future. So we will help clients understand that you know not all debt is equal, and we want to make sure we have an effective payment plan to, to get rid of those debts. The other thing we talk to clients about is the idea of possibly consolidating or refinancing debts. Um, and this is something you have to be careful about, because if you refinance or consolidate debts, sometimes it's easy to then replenish those debts with new spending. Um, so if you own a home and you have some equity in the home, you might say, well, if I take a $25,000 equity loan out, I can clean up all these debts and reduce my payments, um, and now I'll have some extra money left over at the end of the month. Um, the problem is that equity line is only going to make you pay back the interest. So you might get a false sense of security that says, wow, instead of having to pay $600 a month to all these debts, I only have to pay $100 to my home equity line of credit. But none of that's going towards the principal. So three or four years down the line, you still have that $100 equity line payment, but you've also bought two new cars and another vacation, and all of a sudden you have another $500 credit card bill. Um, so you have to be careful when consolidating, but if done effectively, it can be a, a huge savings. 
And usually there's three ways uh, clients or individuals have the ability to consider uh, consolidation. Um, one might be, like I said, a home equity line of credit uh, where you can access uh, equity in the home at a low cost um, and try to pay that off over the next two to four years with some of the money that's freed up by not paying high interest debts. The second uh, is possibly a 401k loan. And I know we talk about your retirement is your retirement, but if you have a large 401k balance and no money in the bank, sometimes taking a uh, a loan off of some of that savings and paying yourself back the interest might allow you to get some breathing room and you know start building up a, a little bit of a reserve fund while paying yourself back interest instead of paying Best Buy back 19%. And sorry to pick on Best Buy, but Macy's and other stores, all, all the kind of the department store credit cards tend to have these higher interest uh, rates uh, on, on, their, on their recurring balances. Um, and then finally, uh, you know, for individuals that might have parents that uh, have some excess cash, I, you know, a lot of times we'll talk to clients about a way to help their kids is kind of the family bank. So mom and dad have an extra ten dollars or $15,000 sitting in the bank that's earning them 0%, and son or daughter is struggling to pay their, uh, you know, their credit card balance that is built up to four or 5000 and they're paying 19% on a credit card. You know, sometimes mom and dad might say, well, we'll loan you $5,000 and you pay us back $200 a month at zero or three or four percent interest, depending on, you know, what, what's fair. Um, and that way the family is keeping the interest. The bank is not getting their 19 percent. Um, and the, the child, instead of having to pay $300 a month to the credit card, is having to pay $200 a month to mom and dad and has a little bit of breathing room and realizes the money's staying within the family. So if you want to manage your debt effectively, you can use kind of the three questions we've asked in past podcasts. You know, is it a need or a want? Uh, can I afford this? And is it something that I have to have right now? And if you find yourself already kind of in a tougher debt situation, like I said, make sure you understand the facts of all the debts that you owe. Understand what your realistic payment time frame is. So you're not going to be debt free tomorrow, but setting a goal of say three to five years out to be in a much better situation will you know, make it a, a more manageable size. Um, and then like I said, you want to come up with a plan that's right for you um, because there's no right answer for everybody, but there is a right answer for you. Now I hope you can apply some of what you heard today to improve your relationship with money. And thanks again for listening. Until next time, on Great Points with Matt Schroeder. Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.